0: Welcome to the podcast. Let the prophets speak. Today, we are going to continue our study of the book of Joshua, the Sefer Yehoshua. <clears throat> we are going to study Parak Vov, the sixth chapter. Um, we ended the last podcast with the first verse of this chapter six because, in the way the parshiot, the Jewish sections are, are divided, the first verse. Of chapter six is really the last verse of the previous chapter five, um, and it. Ref- but it. I do want to read it today again <clears throat> because <clears throat> it will uh, lead us into the story of Yericho. It is both the end of before and the beginning of what we're about to read. Um, so let me read this verse, and then I will um, go on a slight tangent for a few moments which will help us really understand this chapter in context. Viricho sugeres umisugeres. The city of Jericho was closed up and closed up, like doubly closed up tight. Mipnei b'nei from before the people of Israel. Ain No one was leaving the city and no one was coming into the city. Now, obviously, they were uh, afraid of impending attack, but there was no communication. Now, what this is referring us back to is the book that preceded the book of Joshua was the book of Deuteronomy, the fifth of the five books of Moses. In the book of Devarim, in Deuteronomy, instructions were given as to what should be done when one approaches a city to battle. Um, Now remember, this is going to be the first of a series of many battles of the conquering of the land of Israel. So, it makes sense for us to go back and read God's instructions to the people when they were back on the other side of the Jordan, before Moses died, when God told them, what are you going to do when you start approaching a city in order to attack it? And this is how it began in Deuteronomy. Ki it's this is Deuteronomy 20, Devarim chapter 20, verse 10, Ki tikrav el-ir, when you get close to a city lihi lachaym aleha, to wage war against it, vikara sa'eleha lishalom. The first thing to do is you call out to the city in peace. You offer peace terms. V'haya im shalom ta'ancha, and it will be that if they answer you in peace, upatcha lach, and they open up to you. V'haya kal sabayu imtabayyu, l'chalamas fa'abaducha, then all of the people that live within that city will then be uh, pay tax to you and they will be underneath your uh, governance. In other words, you will be the rulers of the area and they will be under you. They will be subjects of your kingdom or your government. This um, these, this verse here that we just read in Joshua is saying, Virichos sugeres was closed up doubly closed up. That is the opposite of and they will open to you. So one would infer from here, and Nachmanides and Maimonides and many of the other medieval scholars, notably Rashi did not understand this chapter in Deuteronomy this way, but Nachmanides and Maimonides did, that when you approach a city, even a city in Canaan, what the, the next step is, um, the first step is, I'm sorry, is to is to offer peace terms. But over here Yericho was Sogarisumusugaris. They closed up, there was nobody talking. And as we continue, I'm gonna read back in, in Deuteronomy, Vim Lotash if they do not make peace with you, and they decide that their response is going to be to wage war against you, then to Allah, then you lay siege to the city, which we're about to read about in Yericho and what will God do? God will put that city in your hand, and you kill all of its males, meaning all of those of fighting age, up to the sword, and um, so on. Rashi understands this parsha differently that I just read in Deuteronomy, because the parsha then continues and it says, um, uh, well, actually, I'm going to get to this issue later because we're going to refer back in future podcasts to this chapter in Deuteronomy because it's very relevant to how um, to understand all of the wars of Joshua. And that, that is the issue of did were the Canaanites offered peace. Now, according to the Ramban, that's Nachmanides, and the Ramban, which is Maimonides, they understood Deuteronomy the way I just read it, which is that those verses are referring to every time the people attacked a city in Canaan, they offered peace first. Now, remember I just read, if they, if they do not wage peace, if they do not agree to peaceful terms, then you lay siege and God will place them in your hand. So now let's go back to, to chapter 6 here in Joshua. So God said to Joshua, we just read, remember, that Yericho was sogeres umesugeres. So God said, Re'e, you shall see, nosati viodcha. I have put them in your hand. A direct reference to what God had said in Devarim. That if they choose to close up and not talk to you, I will place them in your hand. Et Yericho the city of Jericho, Vietmalka, and the king, Gibor all of the powerful men of the army, All, I'm going to put them under you, you will defeat them in battle, the Sabosim and you will encircle the city, meaning you will go around the city, kalanchayam mochamo, all of the men of war, hakeifet pamechas. you will go walk around the entire city one time, kota do that for six days in a row, yesu, and seven priests will carry seven uh, horns which will blow in front of the ark on the seventh day then you go around seven times while the priests are blowing the horns and when the final long sound of the horn it will be blown when you hear that that's the Final long blast of the horn. Then Yeriu Halam through Agidola. Then the entire nation, all the people, will scream out a shriek and a scream. Then and, Aflocho and At that moment, the city wall will fall. The Alu Haam Ish and the nation will um. Will each person which who is standing opposite a breach in the wall will run into that, that breach in the wall. It's unclear if this means the entire wall fell or just areas of the wall fell opposite which the people can then run through and attack the interior of the city. So those were God's instructions. Now, the, we see lots of sevens here, the seven horns, the seven priests, the seven times around, seven days in a row. This is it's very clearly a reference to the... the um. A lesson that God is trying to teach the people in their first battle. This is is going to be the first in a series of many battles. It's the only one where we read about this very elaborate ceremony that took place in the beginning. What does seven represent? Seven, we find, throughout the Torah is a very common number. Most famously, of course, is the seven days of the week leading to the seventh day, which is Shabbat, which is the Sabbath. The idea of Shabbat is, and this I'm not, I'm not saying any mystical mysteries here, this is clearly uh, the, the obvious idea of Shabbat, which is spoken about in the Torah many times. We work for ourselves for six days, and on the seventh day is for God. The same thing is we, we rest and we build our relationship with God. In other words, by, by having the seven-day cycle, we demonstrate that Our purpose of our life is to do and keep and live the way that God wants us to live. The other famous cycle is the seven-year sabbatical cycle where we work the fields for six years and in the seventh year, the fruit of our, our fields goes to charity and we spend our time, instead of working, again with God. The seven days of the holidays, the holidays punctuate the year, the seven days of Passover, the seven days of Sukkot. These are ideas, are are holidays which we spend with God. These are the regalim, the time when we left our homes and went to the temple in order to celebrate with God. So the idea here of seven is to demonstrate you're about to attack a city. You're about to begin a conquest. This is a military conquest. The highest risk here is that the people will think that this is just a war of conquest, a war to win, to win captives, to win wealth, to win land. But the point here is God is trying to tell the people that that's not the way it is. This is a a place where this is a time for you to recognize and remember that the purpose of this conquest is is if we go back to Deuteronomy numerous times over and over again, God told the people, I am not sending you to conquer the land because because you're great, strong, powerful and mighty warriors or because you deserve this and because you're great, wonderful people. And No, I'm doing this because I have a message. There's a message of, of ethical monotheism, which is the message that I am the creator of the world. I am the only creator of the world and I, God, want something from you. I want you to live a moral, good, just life. I want you to live a life of justice and righteousness. I want, this is what I want. The people of Canaan, the seven nations, epitomize, and this again is repeated in Deuteronomy many times. And remember, Joshua is the sequel to Deuteronomy, is, is um, it's repeated over and over again, that their they, they're pagan practices, Their beliefs in many gods leads to a belief that is based on the belief that the gods are mercurial. The gods have needs and desires and we need to fill those needs and desires which leads to sacrificing to those gods and it leads to the ultimate evil as mentioned in Deuteronomy of child sacrifice to those gods. The very things that God stands the most against. These are the abominations that the people were coming here against. This this dramatic ceremony, which we're reading about now in this chapter, is to remind the Jews that the conquering of Yericho, the purpose of this, is not because you're mighty and strong and great, that you should be proud of yourself and get all this bounty and booty and and everything and land, etc. The purpose of this is because in this land you are going to build a society that is based on this idea which is new to the world, this idea that there is one God who wants us to live a moral life. But verse six, so Joshua, the son of Nun, called out to the priests, and he said to them, I want you to carry the Ark of the Covenant. And there should be seven priests carrying seven horns. that are blowing before the uh, Ark of God. And then he said to the nation, Ivru Vasobu esair, I want you to um, uh, 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 go forward and march around the city and the vanguard, the lead shock troops, they standing and in front of the covenant, uh, the ark of the covenant. This is very unusual that the people are sent are walking before the ark. This is part of the process that we mentioned in previous chapters, the process of God receding into the background because he wants the people to learn that while, of course, I, as God, am present and always here, but you're not going to see me anymore like it used to be with the, it's not me, I act through you. I want the people to move forward. It's The, the, the miraculous aspects are slowly receding into the background while... <coughs> While the action of the people, or the action of human beings is what's moving into the foreground. By Kam Maryoshu and it was when Joshua said to the nation, Bishiva and to the seven priests, no Simshiva who were carrying the seven horns of that were blowing in front of the ark. Of they went forward and they blew the the the, the horns of Aron Bris and the Ark of the Covenant of God Holejarem was going after them, emphasizing this idea that the people are first. The ark is next and the, um, the vanguard was walking in front of the priests, Tokia Shofras, who were blowing the horns, Vahama and the rear guard, Hol they went behind the ark also blowing the horns Vita Yoshua Laymar. And the nation, Joshua, commanded them as follows, Lo toriu v'lo tashmiu et kolchem. If you're not blowing the horns, don't scream and yell and shout. It's not your voice. The, the, the voice of the shofar represents the, the, the sound of God. Remember, the shofaros that we blow on Rosh Hashanah is a message from God to remind us to wake, awaken our hearts. The message of the shofar that was blown at and on the Mount Sinai was the sign of God talking to the people. That's when the shofar is blowing. I only want God's sound, so to speak, not your sound. pihem dovar says Joshua. I don't want a single word coming out of your mouth. Adium omri alechem until I tell you now it's time for you to go. Harivu Then when I say it's time to scream, that's when you will scream. I want the people of Jericho also to see this message. That we are here, it is God speaking, it is God making the noise, not us, not as human beings. And the ark of God went around the city of Hakef, went around once, and then they came back to the camp and they slept. Then, verse 12, Joshua gets up in the morning, By and the priests again carried the the, the Ark of God. <speaking in Hebrew> and the seven priests carrying the seven horns before the Ark. <speaking in Hebrew> they were going and blowing. Again, the vanguard, the front troops, were going in front of them. And the rear guard. They were going behind the same way as yesterday. <speaking in Hebrew> going and blowing. And they went around the city just like this, the same on the second day. by Yeshuva Then they went back to their camp, this is what they did for six days. and it was on the seventh day by Kalosa and they got very got awakened. They woke up early in the morning as soon at, at the break of dawn. By Esoir and they went around the city in the same way, but this time Sheva Ammi. they went seven times around, Raqpamuhu because only on this day Sheva they went around the city seven times. and it was at the seventh time going around The priests blew the horns by Yeshua and Joshua said to the nation, Hariu, Scream! Scream out loud. Now it's time for us were to take over. Until now, we were listening to the sounds that represented the godliness. Now, human beings take action. Because God has already, it's as if he has already given you the city. And I am telling you now that this city, and this is representative, we are not attacking because we want to get all the wealth. There will be time and place for that, but at this point, I want to demonstrate this very, very important notion. Joshua says that these wars are different than other wars, than other people that attack, and uh, because because they're because they're greedy, because they want to take things away from others. This we are doing because, as we read repeatedly in Deuteronomy, because of the abominable ways of the Canaanites, and the honorable ways that are represented by the monotheism that we. Represent Joshua is saying, therefore, everything that's in this city, cherem, he is completely um, off limits. It's uh, it's uh, it's cherem, meaning you're not allowed to touch it. You're not allowed to use it. You're not allowed to take the things. Everything in the city is set aside for God. Only one person, uh, uh, one Rahab, uh, uh, the pra- the harlot the one who, who we made a promise to because she helped the um, the spies or a few chapters ago, she should be allowed to live and everything that is in the house with her, whoever is there with her, her family, they should be spared because she hid the, um, the spies that we had sent out earlier. But you have to be very careful from all of these Items that are all of the riches and wealth in the city that are now, cheyrem, are now um, prohibited to touch. Pentachrimu, um, uh, lest you think that you can take them, the lekakhtem and you take from the the prohibited items, of if you do that, then you will bring destruction upon the camp of Israel, the oso, and you will bring uh, disasters to... The achartem also could mean um, and you will embarrass the people because um, because people will think we're just like everyone else and this is just a war of conquest like any other. The whole kaseb is and any silver or gold or copper or iron is holy unto God and they should go into the treasury of God's treasury meaning for the temple by and Joshua gave them these instructions. so the people screamed out by and they blew the horns by shofar. and when they heard the horn by through the people let out this massive scream and shout and immediately the, the, the wall fell from beneath it by and the, the, the nation went immediately into the city, Ishneg, though each person opposite the breach in the wall that was in front of him by and they captured the city by and they, uh, they destroyed every one in the city, men and women, elderly and children Biad,, even the animals were destroyed <laughs> And to the two men that had been sent earlier as spies, the two that were hidden by Rahab, Omar Yoshua Joshua told them, Bo, Base, Haisha, I want you to go to the house of the woman, Hazona, the harlot, the Misham, and take out from that house at Haisha, Vetkalashalah, this woman and everything that she owns, Kashernish Batimla, just like you swore. Because you guys know where she is, um, and you know her home, I want you to get it. Remember, her home was in the wall. And this seems to mean that the wall fell in breaches, not the entire wall. There was areas of the wall that collapsed, so that Ish Negdo, the people that were opposite those breaches, had a way to run into the wall into the city. But parts of the wall, clearly, at that part of the wall where she her home was, obviously remained intact. Byavoh han'arum and the young men who had been the spies went byotziu, and they took out and her father and her mother and her brother, and her brothers and all of her belongings and everyone attached to that family they took out and they gave them a place a safe haven outside the encampment where the encampment of Israel was the city was burnt in flames and everything in it However, Rakhakese Vihazov, the silver and the gold and a koshe barzel, and the other metals, the iron, the copper, Nusnu, Otsar, Bes were placed in the um a treasury of of the temp, of the tabernacle, not the temple yet. Vyasrachov Azona and Rachov the harlot, Vyas and her father's house, Vyaskolash, in other words, her family's house, Veskolashala, and everything that she owned, Hechaya Yoshua, Joshua, um, uh, uh, allowed to live, so all of her family, extended family as well, Vatesha b'kerav Yisrael, and they uh, lived among the Jewish people, until this day. In other words, they um, converted to, uh, into Judaism, they joined the Jewish people, and their descendants are among the Jewish people until today. malachim, because she hid the the uh, messengers. Uh, the spies Asher Shalach Yehoshua L'ragel Tzrichol that Joshua had sent to search out Jericho, by Yishba Yehoshua Beis Hilemar by Yishba and and Joshua uh, uh, swore in other words he made a an, an oath at this time as follows Arur Haish cursed be the man Lefneav the night before God Asher Yakum Uvanu Asir Azul Sitzrichol that ever gets up and rebuilds the city of Jericho Befchoroi Yastena Uvitziroi Yatsivd LaSeah he if he he, he will have built it at the price of losing his firstborn, and his youngest child will be the price of his um, uh, setting up doors. By He and God was with Joshua, by Hisham aretz and his reputation went for him throughout the entire land. So this is the account of the conquest of Jericho of Jericho. Thank you so much for studying chapter 6 together. Looking forward to studying chapter 7 and certainly the rest of this book of Joshua together.